Hello and welcome to the podcast, What I Wish I Knew as an NQT, with me, Jeremy Crook. This is a show where my guests and I will share with you our experiences, both good and bad, of life as an NQT. I'll be talking to those new to teaching, as well as those who have spent a lifetime educating children. And one thing you can be sure of, they will all have something interesting and informative to say on the art of being a great teacher. Plus, they will reveal the one thing they wish they knew as an NQT that made a real difference to their teaching and might make a real difference to you too. Today, I am honoured. Yes, I think that is the right word, honoured to welcome Maria Rumsey to the podcast. Maria is one of the most outstanding teachers I ever had the pleasure of working with. And she is also an outstanding head teacher. Included in her long list of career highlights is a musical performance to Her Majesty the Queen at the opening of Liverpool Street Station. Also helping children to to produce astonishing work across the curriculum through the use of creative arts, achieving an outstanding Ofsted judgment in her first headship, and in her spare time, being awarded a master's degree in education from Cambridge University, no less. Maria, welcome. It's so good to have the chance to talk to you. It's absolutely wonderful to be here. And as you know, I love talking about education. I've got a passion for it. um, And I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to do that today. Excellent. I mean, you've committed your life to teaching, haven't you? Your life. Why did you do that? What made you love teaching so much that 40 years on, you're still working flat out to give children an amazing education? I think I always believed that I could make a difference to the lives of children. Uh, I always wanted to teach in deprived areas. I had a real buzz from that where children had very little given to them. And yet through the, the schooling and the teaching that we did as a team, we absolutely changed some of their lives. Not all of them, but a lot of them we did change. And I can always remember a little boy in one school I taught and he's, his dad had been in prison and he was singing like an angel in God's spell. And I always recall how much confidence that gave that child. And that's what absolutely kept me thriving in teaching. I loved it. And it was those moments which... You can't really put into words, really, but you see a child who literally has nothing but has everything through their their desire to want to do something for you and that you want to do something for them. And that reciprocal, uh, mutual uh, respect for each other, something I believe in passionately, um, I think that has such a powerful impact on children's lives. Yeah, I think you're right. I I remember once a lad, this was my first year of teaching when I was an NQT. And I had a very similar thing, a little lad, fairly deprived, fairly ignored by his parents, might be a safeguarding issue these days. But in those days, they were just seen as parents who didn't take much interest in him. And he came into school one day and I said, morning, how are you? And he said, oh, Mr. Crook, I'm so happy to be here. I said, are you? Well, I'm really happy to see you. He said, school is like a palace and you're the king. 
I said, well, no, surely you're the king. He said, no, you're the king. I said, all right, then you're the prince. He said, all right, I'd love to be your prince. Wow, that's the impact you have, isn't it, as a teacher? And and like you said, you can transform lives just by loving those children and respecting them and and getting them to trust you. It's uh, I do think it's as simple as I I did always love my children. Mm. And I think it's not about being in a business. You have to love your children in your class and in your school and you go in above and beyond for those children and children will understand that yeah even even the little ones who are so difficult to teach who annoy you so regularly i mean i think i think it was bill rogers or someone like that who said you have to start each day with a blank sheet you can't Definitely. remember the bad things that have happened because that child carries those around with them all the time. And, and you have to clear the slate and start again. And every morning, even with the worst, most difficult, poorest learners, you have to say, hi, how are you? Good to see you. Got some exciting things to do today. And you know they're going to go, oh, yeah, I bet. And you go, yeah. yes, we have. Also, I do believe in fresh starts every day. Now, you, you just mentioned Godspell there. Um, and I know you endlessly put on musicals with your children. I know you love the arts. I know you believe that children can use their success in art and drama, music and dance to excel in more academic subjects. Um, but can you tell us, how do you make that work when the government are so fixated on English and maths and testing and grammar and... Oh, blimey, wearing everyone down with with their arbitrary benchmarks. I think you've got to have people in your team who believe in that, that you must have a broad and balanced curriculum. Now, even Ofsted are saying one has to have a broad and balanced curriculum. About time. Yeah, about time. And so I've always believed, I've always done high quality English and maths because people seem to think that, you don't have to do that. You know, oh, well, you're just doing the arts. No, not at all. I've always had outstanding results in English and maths. And yes, sometimes I've had to do discrete lessons on things like grammar and punctuation. And I'm all for that. I want my children to be literate and numerate, uh, to be able to read fluently. I think it is absolutely essential as they progress to secondary school. However, I think one can do that through drama, music, art, and I think getting children to speak about their learning and getting children to have, I think it develops self-awareness, self-confidence. I was in a school once, and I always seem to have to teach year six, which I loved, I loved year six. And I had a class come up from the year fives and they were transformed within a few weeks really. And the teacher said, how do you do that? And I said, because I absolutely believe in giving my kids the confidence. And I'd given one little girl the leading role in something. She was very good at singing, very good at acting. And she was a very naughty girl in year five. And she was transformed by this and people couldn't believe it. And I think it's having that belief. She said to me once, you believe that I could do that. And I said, yeah, I did believe you mm. could do that. And she said, that meant so much to me. 
Well, it does. And that's the point, isn't it? You, you show trust in them. They trust you. They respect you. And you get back so much more than you put in. Definitely. It's, uh, Definitely. Yeah. I'm just intrigued by the performance to the Queen. Um, yeah. T- tell us a bit about that. How did that come about? And, and what, what happened? Well, I, I was deputy head in a school and we were asked to be part of an education in industry project. And there were about six other schools. And we, the idea was that we had to produce something and one based on life on the railway. And um, I thought I, I had um, a meeting up there with the six other schools at Liverpool Street Station, a lovely meeting. It was a great day. And one school were going to produce um, a piece of embroidery of a quilt, all to do with the railway. Another school were going to do some beautiful artwork. And I thought, hmm, what can I do? And I thought, we're going to write a little musical. So on my sheet of paper, I just put a quaver note because we had to outline what we were going to do. And I said, I can't tell you what it's oh, going nice. to be. But... My children in my year five, six class wrote all the lyrics. They wrote the tunes. And I had one boy in my class who was very, very naughty. But I loved him because he had a passion for music. And he, he said, can I write some of the songs? And I said, definitely. And he did that. And we had a set of about half an hour's worth of music, I suppose starting with the rush hour and it was the a day in the life of Liverpool Street Station 24 hours and we went through the rush hour we went through people coming up to go shopping we went through people going to the theatre um, people coming home again and we then were asked whether this could be performed to Her Majesty the Queen when they reopened the new Liverpool Street Station but it had to be with all the schools in the project. Oh, wow. And I bet they went wild for that, didn't they? They loved it. <laughs> and we all had special British Rail sweatshirts on, and uh, we were top of the bill behind the London Symphony Orchestra. Oh, nice. Really exciting. And to see these children, hundreds of them, performing on the um, concourse of Liverpool Street Station to Her Majesty was absolutely stunning it yeah, was memory a, of a lifetime for you absolutely. but crikey memory of a lifetime for those children absolutely and the head teacher at the time slightly played it down and as if it was sort of something quite normal and I said this is amazing this is a fantastic thing for our school and for our children and to see these some of them really sad little children absolutely rejuvenated by this and it was amazing experience oh, well I bet they still talk about it don't they I, I bet think they, they every do. time the queen appears on telly they say I sang to her once yeah definitely so, let's let's go back now crikey what uh, we could stop there couldn't we I'm my my spine's tingling after hearing that story I can just picture the children doing it and oh, just I can Just see how exciting it, now. it was for them. Yeah. yeah it was, it was but let's so go wonderful. back. We're going to go back. Your first day as a newly qualified teacher. What was yeah. that like? Terrifying. <laughs> um, I was. That's always ab- good to hear. Sorry to interrupt, but that's always good to hear, isn't it? 
someone with your massive experience, your massive success, your proven track record of being outstanding at so many things. And on your first day, you were absolutely terrified. I was, because yeah. I felt a massive, massive responsibility to those children. And the parents thought I was too young to be teaching. How did they? Um, yeah, and they said, "You, how old are you? So I told them, I said, I'm 21. And they said, oh, you're too young to be a teacher. I said, well, give me a chance. Let me just try and prove myself. And I was in a very new school um, in Chelmsford. And it was, um, I was the only, there were two key stage two teachers. I had year three and four and the deputy head had five and six. And the school was gradually building up um, and becoming full, of course. But I had these little three, year three and fours. <laughs> I literally stood there in front of them. I was very well planned because um, I knew I had to be. Always but essential. Was, yeah, you have to. And I had an excellent supportive head teacher who said, right, you need to come in the summer holidays. Show me what you're doing. And she was brilliant. And she oh, said, that's, that's also part. what you need, isn't it? Yeah. And she said, no, you can't do that, but you can do this. Try this. And it was brilliant. That's just what I needed, really, that structure. And I learned from a marvellous set of teachers. The infant school, um, the infant part of the school had three brilliant teachers who used to take me aside and say, why don't you do this, Maria? Try this. And having supportive colleagues like that, I think, is immeasurable in what it can give you as a newly qualified teacher. Yeah, and you have to find those people as well, don't you? you know, yeah. Certainly in a bigger school, you might have a mentor, but but you might also find someone who's just quite happy to talk with you yeah. and, and put up with all your anxieties and questions and queries and doubts. And not and judge you. Not, I, absolutely. You know, I didn't want somebody to say, oh, Maria, that, that's terrible. Well, tell me how to do it. Mm. I do remember a lesson I had, an art lesson. It was, I will never do it again. I don't know if you remember those powder paints we used to I have. do. I once had a hamster get lost, and we found it several days later in the powder paint, <laughs> and it looked like a punk. It had yellow, red, green, <laughs> blue powder paint all through its fur. Well, I thought I'd do, I don't know if you remember, you got straws and blue powder paint out onto wet paper. Yeah. I thought I'd do this as a lesson um, with my whole class. And to cut a long story short, my classroom was just hanging in rainbow colours of powder <laughs> paint. And it was a total disaster. And the caretaker came in, who was very funny man, very nice man. He goes... Oh, my God, Maria, what have you done in here? This is chaos. And there was a film of powder paint on every surface. And I just thought, never again, never again. But and did learn you ever do it mistakes. again? Did you ever do it again? Never. 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 That must have been a bad experience. It so, was, so... but I did learn to do better art than that, actually. Of course. So that was I've good. seen it. Um so anything that made the first year really special for you? I think partly winning the parents over. Yeah. Um, they, I gained their confidence and their trust. We come back to those, those feelings again. Um, also, my class were exemplary in their behaviour. 
And I thought, is this, I don't know if this is right, but they always said, oh, your class is very well behaved, Maria, very well behaved. And of course, we know that is right, because and, it's back yeah, to what we I, said, isn't it? It's back to respect. Yes. You respect them, they respect you, they respect each other. Yeah. So all the values, you're, it's not about army-like control, is it? It's oh, about, no, it's no. about engendering the values that uh, you want them to hold for themselves. Yeah. Uh, which means that they then behave well because they understand why those values are important. And again, I think it's that I've always believed a teacher shouldn't shout. I mean, really shout at children. I think mm. that is a sign that a teacher is struggling herself or himself. And I don't I don't like that. So I always vowed. I try. I used to say to the children, I'm not shouting at you, so please don't shout at me. Yeah, because that's... They understood that. Yeah, there's that saying, isn't there? Praise publicly, admonish privately. Yes, absolutely. So if I you're totally going to tell someone off, get up nice and close, because proximity is powerful, of course. Yeah. And then whisper to them, yes. I want you to get on with your work now. I did that in an Ofsted inspection. I had an inspector in, in a very, very difficult class I had. And I was in a job share and I'd been given all the difficult subjects to teach, none of the creative subjects. Oh, no. And, I, and um, I just, I went round to this boy and I got his pencil and I said, will you please get on with your work or I'm going to break your pencil now. <laughs> <laughs> what a great and I just moment. walked off and left him and he got on with his work. <laughs> Excellent. Um, now, someone with your enor enormous experience, great success as a teacher, could give us numerous top tips. You already have, of course. But uh, but I'm just I'm going to ask you now, the one thing that you wish you knew as an NQT that you know now, what would it be? I would say one thing is to always ask advice and get help from people in your school. Um, I think... That doesn't always pay off because some people can be judgmental about you. But as you say, find that person in your school that you relate to, someone you can offload to and say, this didn't work today. And they'll say, that's fine. We all have days like that. But why don't you try this? When I was an NQT, I used to think that every lesson. I used to get to the end of every lesson and think, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? And of course, it, it's always it's wise after the event when you're inexperienced is what happens all the time, isn't it? And then and I think very quickly, like you've already said, you very quickly build the experiences of what to do and yeah. what not to do. And I, something else I learned very quickly was I always had my planning and, you know, you have your ability groups in your planning. And but in those days, and this was a long time ago, the idea of probably giving them an extension once they'd finished. Now, I had one teacher in my school who said, Maria, don't let your classroom organisation dictate the learning. Mm. Let the children's learning. She said, yes, you must have an organised classroom. But if that child needs more than that, give them more. Give mm. them, as I had, an SNP maths card, you know, <laughs> said, let them go and get another card. Whereas another teacher who was hyper-organized, very good teacher, 
would only let right your one card today is this your one so and this was in the days when you often made your own work cards which yeah, took an inordinate oh, amount of time how much fun was that yeah but that idea of giving them having something ready right do this one now go on now push that learning on which is so exciting i still find that very exciting oh, it is and children find exciting don't don't they and, and you say to them I'm not sure you can do this. I can. Yeah, that's say, well, great. Have a go yeah. then. And and, and yeah, e endlessly saying there is no end. There this is, is that's limitless learning. Exciting. Yeah. Great advice. Maria, thank you so much for that. And and thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, it's overused, but it has been fascinating. You're gonna have to come back because I know you've got so many more things to say. So I'd love to talk to you again. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've so enjoyed reliving things that happened many years ago. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it feels advice. like only yesterday when you were talking about them. What now? What's the one small thing that you will do that will make a difference to your teaching and a difference to the success of your pupils? Because remember, as Vincent van Gogh said, great things are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together. Maria's illustrated that for us today so well. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you feel inspired, please leave a review and share it with your friends. I love getting feedback and I'm very keen to know what you'd like us to discuss in future podcasts. And we'll keep you updated on what's to come and more on Twitter at WhatNQT. Until then, I'm Jeremy Crook. And this has been the latest podcast from What I Wish I Knew as an NQT.